Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Tony Katz. This is Kendall and Casey. The Amber and Nigel Show. All right, well, when does your show start? Do we know? I feel like I've been promoting this for nine years now. This is the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIPC. Good evening. Welcome to the Tony Kinnacast here on 93 WIBC. Hope you're having a positively pleasant Valentine's Day. Uh, I hope that whatever scheme you connived in order to surprise your spouse with something sweet has been particularly successful, at least uh, a lot more than uh, when my wife and I were dating and I did not tell her that I was going to surprise her with uh, chocolate covered strawberries and flowers and a date after work. And so she opened the door into her uh, apartment and was terrified out of her life uh, because I said surprise. So hopefully uh, your Valentine's Day was a little more successful than that one a few years back. The Russia collusion nonsense has uh, finished falling apart completely. And by the Russian collusion nonsense, I mean this idea that everyone in the Republican Party and, and the populist side of the party is is just a bunch of Russian shills. And and that's really what all of these Republicans are, these MAGA extremist Republicans that that President Biden is constantly mocking. And also that uh, senators like John Corbin from Texas are accusing uh, the Texas attorney general of being for not supporting uh, Ukraine or in every way shape and form and that honestly i wasn't expecting that to come from the mouth of putin of of all people the russian dictator today on russian state television uh told an interviewer that he wanted uh biden to win re-election in 2024 the reporter asked him who is better for us putin responded biden he's more experienced more predictable he's an old school politician And uh, boy, if that just isn't the most obvious thing in the world, uh, I will remind everyone that President Obama told uh, Russian Minister Menvedev that he would have more flexibility. uh, Just wait until after he got reelected in 2012. I didn't know the hot mic was on, but it didn't matter. Russia got its chance in Obama's second term and they invaded Crimea. Let's also not forget that it was not during Donald Trump's term that russia invaded ukraine and for all this talk about weakening ukraine uh there has not been anything uh that has come out of trump's face that would suggest that he's totally up for putin getting whatever he wants in the world and rolling through ukraine uh so far he seems to just really want nato countries to pay their fair share and as for other individuals on the right like tucker carlson putin also calls him dangerous and has said that he really didn't like the interview that the famous journalist did with him when he flew over to moscow so as far as russia's feelings towards republican candidates right now uh and republican journalists and pundits not really too warm so uh i guess the the whole idea that all of these republicans are actually putin puppets because they criticize things like unlimited funding without any kind of a secure destination for ukraine so we're giving this money to ukraine to do this uh, money that's just stamped with the word ukraine 
Uh, a lot of Republicans are you know, against that because the war is drawing on and there's no end in sight. It turns out those Republicans are not in the pocket of Putin. They just have foreign policy opinions that you might not be a big fan of. Well, speaking of foreign policy, a little closer to home, uh, Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas has finally been impeached by one vote. A real squeaker, Steve Scalise, came back from his cancer treatments. And right before the disastrous loss in the third New York election, uh, we had an opportunity to watch Secretary Mayorkas squeak out his impeachment Uh, with a vote of 214 to 213 three republicans defected and joined democrats in voting no so mayorkas is impeached what does this mean well it doesn't actually mean anything uh as at least strictly policy wise although that's not the point of the impeachment it's not really the point of the impeachment to get Mayorkas out of office. In fact, as I've said here on the show before, it's really good for Republicans that Mayorkas stay in office through November. The reason Republicans need Mayorkas to be in office and be in front of the country is that Mayorkas gets in front of the camera and in front of congressional committees and he says, yeah, the border should be open and people should be coming into the country nonstop because we have a labor shortage and voters hear that. So through this wonderful impeachment, no, he's not going to be voted to be removed by the U.S. Senate. That's not going to happen. But there will be a trial in which Mayorkas gets to say a lot of stupid things in front of the country. Well, unfortunately, not everything is going so swimmingly for the Republicans, because in the New York 3rd Congressional District, uh, Maisie Pillip, a Republican, uh, and I, I use air quotes there because she was about as moderate as you can be without actually being a Democrat, lost to Tom Susie, 54% to 46%. And I've heard about every weird conspiracy at this point as to why Maisie lost, and uh, a lot of them are garbage. Here's why Republicans lost the former George Santos seat. George Santos embarrassed himself in front of the entire country by making up his entire history, you know, a lot like Gabe Whitley, the uh, congressional candidate in Indianapolis. Uh, And lied about everything from donors to his personal history to all other kinds of nonsense and got caught and so republicans maybe foolishly maybe rightly booted him from the house now of course there are a lot of democrats who've done things that are just as bad but santos brought this on himself it is not the fault of the teacher who catches the student cheating even though a lot of other students may have cheated on the test and so santos embarrassed the new york republican party who by the way should have vetted him I think that if Republican parties actually wanted to do something over the next couple of decades and win, they might start vetting candidates and make sure that they're not complete phonies, both in policy and in personal history. Good gracious. I I had stronger background checks like that than when I was in high school trying to get into colleges. And so here's the situation that we get in. Moderate voters, and I don't mean moderate as an establishment voters, moderate voters in the Republican Party Do not come out, your average voter, when they are embarrassed of the party. It takes effort and motivation to go vote. They're not going to come out and vote if someone's just embarrassed the party. And this is the issue. Many populists think that only really super intense candidates like Carrie Lake can win until those candidates lose big and then it's all cheating. 
Trump was an anomaly. Trump is an anomaly. He was very famous. He was known for speaking his mind and had that kind of affection from voters for a very long time. You cannot win as Trump in a competitive race and not be Trump. At the same time, establishment old school Republicans who think you have to be moderate so hard that you aren't a Republican anymore. They're not winning either. Jefferson Shreve learned that in Indianapolis last election. He moderated on abortion. He moderated on uh, gun legislation. And guess what happened? A bunch of Republicans didn't come out to vote for him. It matters in an election who you put forward. There need to be high standards. There need to be specifically good standards for Republicans, like with charisma, a strong moral backbone, willing to go fight and govern realistically with good explanations as to why you're governing in that way and have an adaptive strategy. Guys, you have to do mail-in ballots. You have to do early voting. And I hear this from Republicans all the time. Well, we should only be doing day of voting on that Tuesday in November with only paper ballots. Okay, that isn't going to happen. Get your head out of the clouds. That, what, what, are you going to snap your fingers tomorrow and suddenly in 2024 it's paper ballots across the country day of voting? No. And if you think that, you're stupid. And I don't mean genetically stupid insult. I mean you are acting ignorant on purpose. That is not how elections work, boys, girls, and squirrels. You have to use the strategies that are on the table at hand. That means mail-in voting. That means ballot harvesting. Republicans cannot win acting like Newt Gingrich in 92, just a bunch of door knocking. That ain't winning elections, guys. Good candidates, good strategies. That's what's necessary. There's a long way to go towards November. And to talk a little bit more about that, we're going to be chatting with Libby Emmons from the Post Millennial. Up next, you are watching the Tony Kinnacast on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It's the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIPC. Welcome back to the Tony Kinnett Cast here on 93 WIBC, 93.1 FM out of Indianapolis. The live streams, the podcast, so many great places to find the content for our show. And you're going to need a good place to find the content for our show because this is the election season that simply will never end. Like a song that your toddler has gotten stuck in your head. This one's going to be around for a while. Joining us is Libby Emmons, editor-in-chief of the Postmillennial and Human Events. How's it going? Good. Good, Tony. Thanks. So you were talking to me a little bit uh, before the segment started that there is no godly reason on this earth that this election cycle should be <laughs> as long as it's going to be. G give us the background. Why is it so ridiculously long? Yeah, so the Democrats are not holding a primary because they've got their incumbent, Sleepy Joe, at the wheel and they want to bring him back in November, make sure he sticks around. And then we have on the GOP side, we did not have a real primary. The primary itself started so much earlier than it should have. Mm -hmm. It really started, uh, Donald Trump announced, what, in November 2022 that he was running, I think, something like that. 
And then DeSantis launched a book tour, which fooled no one and was very clearly the launch of a presidential campaign, despite the fact that he couldn't run because of Senate rules in Florida, et cetera, et cetera. And so they had to bide their time until they announced in a disastrous announcement on a Twitter spaces that was all about the Twitter spaces. And then DeSantis was like, DeSantis was like the sidekick at his own presidential campaign announcement, which was just terrible planning. I mean, you took a a really fabulous governor and you just it's like they kneecapped him throughout the entire campaign for some reason. So what happened essentially is that we knew who the front runner was from the beginning. No one else ever really had a chance. Uh, The money just got gobbled up all over the place. And now we have a situation where we haven't even hit Super Tuesday, and it's already clear that there's only one man that has a shot at the GOP nomination, and that's Donald Trump. So here we are with this excessive period of time to face a general election. The election, of course, isn't until November. And are we even going to see Biden and Trump going head to head? Are they going to debate each other? Um well, that's one of the things that I that I wanted to, to touch on, and it's something I've been meaning to talk about for a little while. It just so happens that you have stepped on um, the landmine closest to it for me to jump to this. Do you think that President Biden is going to use the excuse of, well, Trump didn't debate his primary opponents to get out of debating Donald Trump in the general? I wonder why. I mean, the only the the rationale that Trump had for not debating his primary opponents was that they didn't have a shot. Right. There was no one who was really a contender for the title other than Trump. Who could possibly take the title from Trump? The polling is an incumbent versus an incumbent election. Trump is seen as the incumbent in the Republican Party. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Haley never had polling. Uh, that, oh, like, she just got Trump. worse. Yeah, she just got worse. <laughs> oh, my Trump, gosh. You know, you, you never saw DeSantis with any. He never cracked. Uh, he never cracked that polling either. You know, nobody ever mm-hmm. really topped Trump. So that was his argument. Now, Biden can't make that argument. Trump has been polling ahead of Biden uh, various times all over the place. You know, there have been national polls here and there. There's been swing state polls. There's been all kinds of little indicators that this is a real head to head matchup. Uh, that we should that we you know that the American people are going to have to decide it's not ideally it's not going to be decided for us we are going to get our vote we are going to get our say and to do that I think we do need to see a debate if Biden doesn't debate Trump that's going to look so bad for him now there's not really I don't think there's that many people that are undecided between Biden and Trump you probably have some independence you probably have some factionalism and stuff like that. But um, the only way that either of these candidates are going to get access to the other side's voters would be to change their minds in a matchup like a debate, I think. I think we'd really need to see it. And we need to see also Biden's uh, mental acuity squared up against Trump's. And the two men have vastly different presentational methods. One of them looks like a dottery old man and the other one looks pretty sharp. So that's, again, this is a long time, though, to stretch out to kind of see that on display. We're on with Libby Emmons here on the Tony Kinnick cast from the Post Millennial and Human Events. This is really the catch. It's not just a long period of time on the calendar, mm-hmm. uh, but there's an emotional tax to the voter. That, that's one half of this extremely long eternal election where no one's really making up their mind about the candidates at this point, at least is in choosing between one or the other. 
It's making up your mind as to whether you're going to go out and vote or send in a ballot and staying home. Mm -hmm. Those are the choices. And it's it's no longer who are you going to vote for? It's are you going to vote for your party? Yeah, that's interesting, too. And we saw in New Hampshire that a lot of Democrats went out and voted for Haley simply because they wanted to see a Biden-Haley matchup instead of a Biden-Trump matchup, because Haley's politics, to a certain extent, you know, certainly in terms of foreign policy, uh, skew closer to the Democratic Party. So I guess the the second half of um, this eternal election cycle is is who goofs last. And, And that's what frustrates me. Uh, at least to a degree, I think it's very wise for Speaker Johnson to bring forward the impeachment of Mayorkas now, mm-hmm. forcing the border issue to be in front of the American public for at least a couple more months. Um, and then, of course, President Biden's, I mean, just insane special counsel briefing. And oh, that was the, uh, crazy. I know. I Every person that I talk to, especially in media, just I'm still shocked by it. Uh, I don't know if you saw this today. Uh, Ian Sims from the White House, special assistant to the president. Um, he's just openly lying about the special counsel report now as if this is going to work. And those are huge hitting things on the Biden campaign, right? Those are huge. The Democrats are trying to throw big, huge things about things that Trump is saying at his rallies. But that's not really I don't see either of those things really lasting the entire year up until November. I do think that because voters get tired, the story kind of dies away. Obviously, every time Biden gets up on camera, it's catastrophe. Mm-hmm. Uh, be honest with me here. Do you actually see a situation in which Republicans can go all the way up until November without shoving their feet in their mouth? Uh, no, but I also don't think the Democrats can do it. Right. Uh, I think that both, you know, I think both parties are are. Um, you know, in the establishment sense, are pretty out of touch with the voting public. And I think we saw that very clearly recently when we saw polling that uh, Americans are more concerned with illegal immigration than they are with inflation. And given the price of eggs right now, that's really saying something, you know. Um, And when we saw that, uh, you know, there was there was support for the GOP saying no more Ukraine funding without doing something actually uh, securitizing at the yeah. show me US the goal. What's, what's the yeah. money for? Like, you what know? are we doing? What are we like, doing at the border? Exactly. Our, yeah. The, uh, the concept that we are securing another nation's borders before our own, that really, that really speaks to me. And I think it speaks to a lot of people. Um, and so when you saw that they proposed this border bill and they called it, you know, a border security bill, who's going to read the, what was it? 350 pages. Mm-hmm. I read a bunch of it. There was yeah, not, same. Border security, and there no. was just not border security in that bill. Oh, there was you have the- business as usual, but with paying more guys. And the reason that the border the the border patrol union came out in favor of it, near as I can guess, is because it had raises in there for them. Well, apparently that was so incredibly awful that the person from the border patrol union who sent out that endorsement was reprimanded pretty sharply afterward. Yeah. Um, so I obviously I can't expose that individual on air because I really like. Yeah, but that is. It's unpopular even within a huge chunk of Border Patrol. I'll kind of wrap things up here to give your get your thoughts on this, because we're talking about how serious the administration is about the border. Did you see the White House? Uh, some intern sent out a meme, a Valentine to Speaker Johnson today saying like roses are red, violets are blue. The border bill failed because of you. Mm-hmm. And I guess they thought that would be some kind of a slam dunk. And it came off 
uh, even for the Democrats, remarkably tone deaf and yes. how unserious. I mean, there are Democrats in Arizona that are disgusted with that kind of glib nature about the U.S. southern border. Yeah, it was disgusting. The left can't meme. I think that's pretty clear <laughs> as well. I know we we hear that a lot, but like that was obvious evidence. And so many people were very pleased with Speaker Johnson when he said that he absolutely would not take up this bill. And I think that what Biden also isn't realizing is that he's got a problem in his own party. There's plenty of far left progressives like AOC and her whole contingent, and they don't want to pass this bill. They're not going to sign on to a petition to like do that workaround or whatever and get it on the floor because they don't want to give any money to Israel. So Biden has a big problem. He's got an American public that wants border security. He's not prepared to provide it. Instead, he wants amnesty likely for all these people. Instead, you have people within his own party who, you know, basically just hate Israel. They don't want any funding to go to Israel's borders. And those people are going to gum up any funding for Ukraine if it means Israel gets money. So this whole thing was dead before it even started. And the whole thing where Republicans were like, okay, we're going to have, we'll do a border bill and then maybe we'll talk about your Ukraine funding. And then the Senate, I mean, the nerve of them to to come up with the worst border bill ever. It's not a border bill. It's an open borders bill, which is even what Chris Murphy um, uh, of Connecticut said. And he was one of the co-authors of the bill. You know, he was like, this is border. The borders never close under this bill. He put that out in a tweet to praise the bill, you know, as a good thing. And then they had the nerve to be like, "Okay, well, we're not going to close the border then because you don't even want that. You fools. So just give us ninety five billion dollars that we can go spend elsewhere. I mean, the nerve. Well, yeah, again, not just not just spending ninety five billion dollars, but spending ninety five billion dollars into the ether with no not even explicitly saying what it is for. Libby Emmons, post-millennial and human events. Thank you so much for hopping on with us. Thanks, Tony. You are listening to the Tony Kinnacast on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. You're listening to the Tony Kennett Cast on 93 WIBC. Good evening. Welcome back to the Tony Kennett Cast here on 93 WIBC. So when we last left off in this crazy election season, the Democrats in the Senate, as well as uh, quite a group of Republicans, had passed uh, a foreign aid bonanza kind of bill. And part of this foreign aid bonanza was a $95 billion selection of checks to various countries. So one was to the uh, nation of Ukraine, one is to Israel, uh, one is to Taiwan, and then one of those checks is to the people of the Gaza Strip. And I, I, I put a lot of air quotes around that because as people in Gaza have said very openly, and I'm not talking about Israeli Defense Force soldiers, Gazan citizens have openly said again and again and again, 
Hamas is stealing all of the foreign aid, every drop of water, every crumb of food, every bit of medicine, everything goes to Hamas. They do not give it to us. So there's a four and a half, five billion dollar amount of that foreign aid bill that's going to Hamas. One of the biggest things that's frustrating people, though, is that there is a big honking $60 billion chunk that's heading to Ukraine. Now, there's no goal attached to this money. The Biden administration has not actually articulated what it is that they want to do in Ukraine. They haven't stated what this money is an end goal towards. It's just to help Ukraine fight Russia. Okay, is then is this just going to be a check every couple of months until the end of time? What, what is the goal? Is it to stop Putin from conquering Kiev? which I think is a, a good reason to support Ukraine. Is it to help Ukraine retake the Donbass and Crimea, which, as we've already discussed, ain't going to happen. That's an uncomfortable truth. Unless Western nations put boots on the ground and air forces in the sky, Ukraine is not taking back that territory. So therefore, what's the plan for the money? And this is the question. There's also another scandal that's recently come out. And that is that President Obama has been confirmed to have ordered the Central Intelligence Agency to work with other nations that are part of the Five Eyes. That's the intelligence kind of super NATO alliance, the Anglosphere between the United States, the United Kingdom, Canada, Australia and New Zealand. And these organizations worked together to spy on Donald Trump and possibly to begin the actual Russian collusion investigation and nonsense, which would mean that President Obama, during his term in office, and Vice President Biden as well, actively colluded to interfere with the elections in the United States, which just, of course, I mean, poetic justice at its finest. So all of this is going on, right? And it looks like Republicans in the House aren't going to pass this foreign aid bill as all this chaos is going on. And so Chairman Mike Turner, who has been very vocal, very, very, very vocal about getting this kind of Ukraine funding through the House, releases a statement as the uh, as a member of the Intelligence Committee in the House. He says, quote, today, the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence has made available to all members of Congress information concerning a serious national security threat. And then he requests that President Biden declassify all of this to the entire nation and the entire nation on at least social media and a lot of you know news stations freaks out because to hear the Intelligence Committee release a statement that says there is an impending national security threat and the president needs to let the country know about it is kind of a serious problem, especially after the president of the United States has been shown repeatedly to be terrible at handling national security threats. I will remind everyone that a Chinese spy balloon crossed the entire United States transmitting photos to Beijing before the United States finally got around to destroying it after it was already heading away from the United States off the coast of the Carolinas. This is the same president that on October the 8th, in the biggest foreign policy crisis that our country's faced under the Biden administration, could not remember when he was vice president of the United States, nor could he remember when his son Bo died. And by the way, there's a revelation about that factoid as well coming out. We'll talk about that up next. So you have this insane nonsense going on with this proposed national threat everyone's freaking out because they don't understand what biden is going to be able to do about it given his record and jake sullivan national security advisor comes out and basically tells the press um we actually had a meeting scheduled with the intelligence committee tomorrow about this and and uh actually mike turner and i talked about this like a week ago 
And then Speaker Mike Johnson, who eventually was briefed on the situation, announced there's really not a, a big deal here. This isn't like an active threat that everyone needs to be running around with their hair on fire about. And uh, it kind of looks like Mike Turner might have done some of this shady shenanigans to distract from the big Ukraine spending bill. Or more accurately, to kind of tell Americans that, well, Russia's so scary with their Russian spaceinator, which we're going to talk about in just a second, that uh, we need to fund Ukraine right now because, oh my gosh, if we don't, the world's going to end, which is, again, that's the Nikki Haley idea, that if we stopped funding Ukraine today... Russia, which has not been able to make any headway past, really, the Donbass and Crimea, is suddenly going to conquer Ukraine like that. Um, which, by the way, isn't going to happen. So what is this big, uh, huge threat? Well, from what we understand from open intelligence sources, it's likely a satellite that the Russians have built that involves Russians deploying nuclear weapons to space. Now, is this to basically create a space-borne launch system for a nuclear missile no that's that's unnecessary not for ground attacks that's not what a space platform for a nuclear weapon would be for it would give them leverage that they desperately need to disable satellites for absolutely everyone so how a nuclear blast works there is a massive explosion that is usually very destructive because you know it's a nuclear blast what follows is what's called an electromagnetic pulse electromagnetic pulses basically fry electronics like uh an egg in the pan of that uh don't do drugs commercial from back in the 80s and an electromagnetic pulse uh, is not good for devices on the ground. It's even worse for certain satellites in space. So a Russian, basically, nuclear time bomb in space would give the Russians the ability to knock out, not just, by the way, um, one or two satellites, but a good number of satellites from a number of countries. So if Russia ever wanted to knock out communications, this would be how they do it. It's a, it's a point of leverage. Russia needs leverage because the age of scaring the United States off with a few rogue nukes is over. Russia is not a strong country. They are weak. They are really doing badly in this Ukrainian war. They need some kind of leverage to maintain their sphere of influence, which is dwindling incredibly quickly, especially if Poland encourages the rest of Europe to care. So while I think part of this is some false flag stuff, um, the, the real points that we can take away from this is, number one, Russia does not want to lose its status of being relevant on the world stage. Russia is quickly becoming irrelevant because they are following the tried and true Russian strategy of sending everyone to die in every war always. And it's not going very well. Russia is not making headway. Putin is dealing with some economic stagnation and severe inflation inside the country. And things are not getting better. So this is a me- this is a method of of leverage. The other two lessons to learn from the Russian space inator to pull from the great Doctor Doofenshmirtz is that it looks like certain Republicans are trying to leverage this kind of a scare because uh, House Republicans are not a fan of again giving billions and billions and billions of dollars to countries around the world without a goal. Foreign aid with a goal attached is a totally different conversation. A goal is not just this amount of money for Ukraine. That that doesn't count. So there's a lot of interesting stuff going on about this. And this will eventually go into what the White House is dealing with, which is full-blown panic, being caught lying. We're going to be talking about that up next. Don't go anywhere. This is the Tony Kinnacast on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love. Hanging with friends who lift you up 
and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It's the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIPC. Well, there is a substantial panic that has currently encapsulated the White House and the Democrats around the country. Things are really, really, really not looking good for November. And uh, that's evidenced in the way that every single time the president of the United States now steps up on camera, every single person, whether they are walking by a TV and he happens to appear on it, whether they're scrolling past things on their phone, whether you are listening here on the air, whenever Biden's voice appears anywhere around them, people stop and listen for the dementia. The situation has been cracked wide open. When Robert Hur, the special counsel, investigated President Biden's handling of classified documents, retention of those classified documents, and released his findings on that report, no one was expecting her to come out and say, yes, President Biden was guilty, is guilty of mishandling and retaining those classified documents, comma, but... The reason Biden is not going to be recommended for charges is because he is a doddering old man who cannot remember anything and then proceeded to list a lot of the things that the president could not remember. And it has been so bad for the Democrats, because, again, usually there's this kind of Republican perception that many of us have that the Democrats are always unified. They never betray their own. They always have the same talking points. They're always in lockstep, unified towards the goal of winning elections. That's not the case, and it is still not the case. I have never seen Democrats flounder this long and this far in a situation like this, and it is only getting worse. Now, the White House is openly lying about what is in the special counsel's report. Ian Sams today made the bizarre statement that uh, the media was fooled by Robert Hur's investigation, and they misreported Uh, The idea, actually, the media had openly been saying that Biden had willingly retained the classified documents. And Ian Sams, who's the special assistant to the president, and he's also the spokesman for uh, like investigations concerning the White House. He came out and said that the special counsel report from Robert Hur didn't say that. Which is insane. Uh, I actually have a video up right now on Twitter, X, Instagram and the Daily Signal that points out very clearly and crisply that the first page, second paragraph of the report states that Biden, quote, willingly or willfully retained documents. Those are the words of the special counsel report, period. Verbatim, quote, done, it's out. The White House is openly lying now about what is in the report because it has destroyed any chance Biden has of gaining additional voters. Because, again, that's the catch. And by the way, things have gotten worse. President Biden, in his big, huge press conference after this this report was released, which was super ill-advised and went horribly. We've covered it extensively on the show. 
Biden attacked her during the initial stage of the news conference, saying that her had brought up that Biden's son had died and how dare he and, and Biden carries a rosary and all this stuff. Biden trotted out Bo once again for sympathy points. Only now there is evidence that it was Biden himself that brought up Bo to her. Her never brought up Bo at all. According to NBC News, Catherine Doyle, so you know it's not coming from a right wing source, Biden attacked her. For asking him when Bo died, sources say that never happened. Quote, it was the president, not her or his team, who first introduced Bo Biden's or who introduced Bo Biden's death. Two people familiar with her's five hour interview with Biden last October said that's why they're not releasing the transcripts of the interview, guys. If they release the transcripts of the interview, then this is another time that Biden has been caught lying in front of the press and everyone's paying attention. This is not a news story that's going away because every single time Biden is on camera is tied to his extremely aggressive dementia and corruption. And it only gets worse because now the House Oversight Committee, James Comer's crew, have subpoenaed transcripts, video and audio of the interview And they may not have a choice but to comply because this is in direct correlation to Biden's impeachment investigation. They're supposed to turn over the documents to the House Oversight Committee by February 19th. According to Fox News Digital, Comer says that he wants unfettered access to these documents to determine if President Biden's retention of sensitive materials were used to help the Biden's influence peddling, which most certainly they were. So this is a nightmare they are not going to be able to wake up from. So at this point, here's the bottom line. It's anyone's race to lose. And it's anyone's race to lose because it's not about getting the base out to vote. The the base for the Republicans and the base for the Democrats, they're going to come out either way. They're motivated. There are moderate Republicans and moderate Democrats around the country who need to be energized to vote. Based on what you have seen, the moderate Democrats are not coming out to vote for Biden. The dude is beyond toxic. There's no energy in Biden to get you out to go and vote not even for some local elections and Democrat candidates at the congressional level and even the state level are calling him out. Even Bernie Sanders is now calling for Biden to be primaried in Michigan, which is insane. It's so bad that Jack Smith, the special prosecutor in Washington, D.C., going after Trump, has filed an appeal today asking for Trump's trial to continue because they are so desperate to make Trump the focal point of this election again. That's the only thing that can win it for Biden. The only thing that can win this election for President Joe Biden is if Donald Trump is the focal point and he says so many stupid things and alienates so many demographics on the moderate Republican side of the aisle that those who have been spurned by the economy, the border, Biden's dementia, the wars around the world, these massive problems don't come out because they're embarrassed of Trump like people were embarrassed of George Santos. The voting demographics are split like this right now. Males across the board. White, black, Hispanic, Indian, Native American, Indo-Pacific Islander, Asian are on Trump's camp by and large. Whereas some upscale minority votes in inner cities, as well as upper middle class suburban white women are in the Biden camp. That's what's at stake. It's, it's a very weird situation in which the bases are solidified in, as Libby and I talked about, an incumbent election that is very, very far away. Trump can help himself or hurt himself at this point. Really, it's entirely up to Trump. If he can get people excited to come out and vote for him by saying very basic stuff, I'm going to close the border, and then spends the rest of the time just pointing at Biden 
and calling him out every single time he does something. He wins. He wins. And he, he wins probably much better than we would think in a highly contested election like this. If he says things that embarrass huge chunks of the moderate voter base, it gets really dicey. It's not a guaranteed loss, but it is very, very up in the air. And again, Republicans suck at mail-in ballots and ballot harvesting, especially with Ronna McDaniel still in the chair, although by a thread. That about wraps it up this evening. Make sure to check out the podcast. We have a lot of great exclusive content coming out on those. Thank you very much for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been the Tony Kinnacast on 93 WIBC.